Hey everyone, I hope you're all ready for a great workout Wednesday today. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. This is the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm answering a question that I got on Facebook about probably about three weeks ago. This one is from a family member asking about obstacle racing. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Also, my stuff Jordan loves uh, kind of pertains to what I'm going to do a future podcast episode on. If you have any questions about fitness, about workouts, about nutrition, head over to triplefpodcast.com. You can leave a comment on any post. Um, I'll get those in my email. It's a good way just to submit a question. Uh, There's also, I think, a contact us link within there. That'll go to my email as well. Head on over to triplefpodcast.com. Leave a question. Leave a comment. If you have anything you want answered in a future show, it helps me because I'll be able to come up with more content easily if I am answering your questions. I'll know what you guys want to hear. Also, to help you because you will get your questions answered. Thank you to everyone who subscribed and, re- and reviewed. And welcome to our new podcast listeners. This podcast comes out three times a week, and it's a Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, Foodie Friday. Today's a workout Wednesday. Let's get down to it. I'm Jordan Stoltz. This is the Triple F Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. Hey, hey, it's Jordan Stoltz, and welcome to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast, where I talk about motivation, workouts, nutrition, improving your life, improving productivity, getting stronger, getting leaner, eating better, getting healthier. I talk about it all here on the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Some people call us the Triple F podcast. That works, too. Go follow me on social media, Fitness, Food, and Freedom on pretty much everything on Facebook, YouTube. Just put out a new vlog, vlog number 11 on YouTube. I also shared it on Facebook, so go check out that. Also, today I'm answering a question. I'm answering a workout-related question that I got on Facebook. If you want to answer, if you want your questions answered as well, head on over to triplefpodcast.com, leave a comment, or go through the Contact Us link, submit a question as a comment, and I'll see it, I'll make a show on it, try to come out with these uh, soon after we get the questions, depending on the scheduled content for that week. Today I'm answering a question from a family member, and it was about obstacle racing, so that's the topic I'm going to dive into today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear me talk into your ears and to your headphones. Today, I'm talking about obstacle racing. That was what the question was related to. So the question was basically um, just summarized, how do I get better at obstacle racing? How do I get prepared for my first obstacle race? And that's what I'm talking about today on Workout Wednesday. Workout Wednesday. There are, I came up with six, seven things that I thought were really important. I could go on and on about this. In my reply to the comment on Facebook, I stuck to three things. I'm going to go a little more in depth in this episode, however. So, 
Jim, this is for you and also anyone else who wants to get into obstacle racing. I want to say at first, I think obstacle racing is great. I think the whole concept of it is blowing up right now. There's a lot of different races. There's, you know, Tough Mudders, Spartan races, Ninja Warrior kind of stuff. There is a lot of different races coming out. And I think it's a great way to get in shape. It's a great way to challenge yourself. And it's a great way to set a goal. If one thing... If I could pick one thing to be important for your fitness goals, it would be to have a goal, okay? So you need to have something you're striving towards. You need to have a why. If you don't have a why, it's going to be really hard to make your workout plan sustainable and fun for you. You need to have some kind of end goal, some kind of event, some kind of benchmark i guess to track for some people that could just be losing weight seeing that number drop on the scale is really powerful for some people that might be something like a race could be a marathon could be an obstacle race could be a powerlifting meet these different competitions will help drive you to your goal help you take the steps you need to to get in shape for it i do think everyone needs some kind of goal eventually you'll enjoy the habit enough that you could just work out get stronger leaner all this stuff just by itself at first though i think everyone needs some sort of goal and benchmark that they can work towards that's why i like obstacle racing a lot of people kind of knock on it as far as like people getting hurt or if people don't like running some people will knock on it i'm not about that i think anything's great as long as you're moving your body and you're working towards something as long as you're getting better and definitely doing your first obstacle race is improving yourself and challenging yourself. So I do have like seven things I want to go over. I'm going to start those right after this. My first one is arguably the most important one, and that is to decrease your body fat and increase your relative strength. I put these two hand in hand because I think a body fat percentage is really important for something like obstacle racing. So if you think of the obstacle race, how I basically made this podcast, I came up with my seven things, was I broke down the different things you need for it. One of them is really that you need to be strong relatively to your body weight. And that's important in any sport. That's important in sports. It's important in any goals. And it's especially important if you're you know, completing obstacles or you're running. Extra body fat's not going to help you at all in something like an obstacle race. It's going to hold you back, if anything, because you're going to have extra weight to pull around. So a lot of these obstacles involve hoisting yourself over stuff. And of course, the race involves a good amount of walking or running. Extra body fat's going to make that much harder on your body. It's going to make it harder on your joints, and it's going to make it harder just on your cardiovascular system because it's going to be more weight you're hauling around, right? So increasing your relative strength basically means becoming stronger compared to your body weight. Uh, If you think of an example, think of a bench press example, someone who's 250 pounds and can bench press 225, are they really stronger than someone who's 150 pounds and can bench press 200 pounds? So yes, the bench press weight is more for the 250-pound individual, but the relative strength is much higher for the 150-pound individual because the bench pressing 50 pounds over their body weight, while the 250-pound person is bench pressing 25 pounds less than their body weight. That's really the key to strength progress 
in my opinion, it's not those raw numbers. It's the relative strength. That's why in powerlifting, they separate people into weight classes. So they're not just looking at that raw number. They're looking at how much you can lift at a certain body weight. And that's the same kind of thing for obstacle racing. You want to increase your relative strength. So improve your performance in the gym, improve your performance on the obstacles and in a race, but also get a little bit lighter, lose a little body fat. So you're doing that more efficiently at a lower body fat. That would be the first step I would have anyone do is to lose excess body fat. You can do a race with extra body fat and maybe the race is part of your strategy to lose that body fat. That's fine, but you will perform better in the obstacle race with less body fat. You'll be more mobile, faster, and higher relative strength. My second tip for completing your first obstacle race is to get in shape. And by in shape, I mean conditioning. So I already talked about body fat percentage, lowering your body fat, increasing your relative strength. That's all good. That'll definitely help your conditioning, help you just get in shape more. However, I also think you need to get in shape as far as conditioning is concerned, uh, just because obstacle races are very demanding, you need to prepare yourself via circuit training, via running, via intervals, practicing the obstacles. These are all things I'll get into later, but you need to be sure you're in good shape. So have some kind of benchmark for yourself and your training so you're prepared for the race. That could be something as simple as a mile run. So if you can run a mile, you improve that mile time or it gets easier, you can kind of track that Make sure your time is decreasing or it's less hard on your body, and that's going to help you get in better shape for that event. A more complicated example would be like a circuit training, where let's say you have a, I'll just make one up right now, a kettlebell, a punching bag, and a jump rope. Jump rope for three minutes, heavy bag for three minutes, uh, kettlebell swings for three minutes. You repeat that five times, for example. That's a long workout that's Um, I mean, maybe even five times is too much. Let's say three times, two or three times through that circuit. Just improve your numbers on that. So you're tracking, you're conditioning, you're tracking how fast you can complete things, how your body feels doing things. Just get yourself in shape. It's no secret obstacle racing is hard and it's a challenge and you need to be in shape for it. So don't go into the race thinking that it's all going to be obstacles and coordination no you're gonna have to be in great shape to complete it too so you're not winded number three is kind of related to my last one about being in shape i'm kind of linking these all together so you can kind of construct your own plan for it number three is running slash sprinting intervals Um, i do think If you're going to do an obstacle race, you should be able to run. Unless you plan on walking, you need to have the joints, the joint capabilities of running. So if running destroys your knees, trust me, an obstacle race is not for you. It's going to definitely wreck your knees running on things like uneven surfaces and doing the obstacles. So you're going to have to run. You're going to have to practice this running and sprinting. I recommend intervals just because the workouts can stay a little shorter. And I mean, face it in the obstacle race, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be running intervals. Basically, you're going to be running and then you're going to get to an obstacle. You're going to do that obstacle. You're going to run to the next one. So you're doing intervals. It's just 
think of it like a football or basketball game. You're running for a little bit, and then you're going to perform some kind of movement. Then you're going to run a little bit more. So you're doing start-stop kind of running. So that's how you need to train your running and sprinting skill. I recommend doing, let's talk meters, because that's like what a track would be. Anywhere from 100-meter sprints um, in intervals. So you'll sprint 100 meters, rest as much as you need, sprint another 100 meters, anywhere up to 400 meters, which is quite quite a long interval. Work on those, get better at those, just like I said, for getting in shape, improve your time, improve your conditioning, and you'll definitely reap the benefits there. You can even make it as simple as running up a hill, walking down the hill, running up the hill, doing that you know five to ten times. That's going to get you in great shape, and it's going to improve your sprinting and running uh, capabilities and your leg endurance big part of it. If you're in shape, if you're conditioned, then you don't have to worry about getting winded. Your legs still get tired though. So by practicing running and sprinting in interval fashion, you're eliminating that possibility of getting tired in the legs. And I wanted to take a quick break right here to talk about Stuff Jordan Loves. Stuff Jordan Loves. My Stuff Jordan Loves today is very specific. So it's kind of more of an idea, more than a product today. And I wanted to go over this because it was on my mind. It's something I've been experimenting with more lately and it's something I'm really enjoying and that's programming. So yes, I mean, obviously it's nice to have a workout program. I don't mean that. I just mean programming in the sense that you are working in your strength training off of percentages. So this is a concept that I think everyone needs to grasp. A lot of people, it's very complicated. That's why there's things like coaches and workout programs that you can purchase. Basically, what you'll do is you'll find your max weight of something. So say a bench press, your max weight is 200 pounds. You're going to work with you know, 75% of that, 85% of that, 95% of that, and over time, increase that max. I really like programming. If you're going, if you're doing your workouts currently just by going into the gym and you are just kind of doing whatever feels right, maybe you're doing a body part that's a step in the right direction. Maybe you're just doing as you know, three to four chest movements, three to four shoulder movements. That's fine, but you're going to limit your progress by not having trackable numbers in your program. And what programming does based off percentages is it provides that capability. So it provides you with numbers to compare to. It provides you with it provides you with goals to shoot for as well. So I definitely recommend programming for any for everyone who's into strength training. I've been messing with actual percentage-based programs lately and I've really been enjoying it. Uh, my joints feel better, my workouts feel better, and it's definitely fun to be shooting for numbers every week instead of just kind of going and doing what feels right. I'm all for intuitive workouts, but I think that some structure is great, especially if your goal is to increase your strength. That's my stuff Jordan loves today is programming. Look into that. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode on programming for weight training and just increasing your strength through percentage base. Workout Wednesday. All right, so my first three were to decrease your body fat, increase your relative strength, get in shape, and run intervals. Now I'm going to kind of get into 
more of the obstacle side of things. So if you've accomplished these first three things, which are a big job to decrease your body fat, get in shape, these things are going to help you tremendously on the running part of the race. Okay. So you're going to be able to get through the race. You don't have to worry about, you know, about, uh, getting winded. You don't have to worry about your legs getting tired in the running. Now, about the obstacles. Maybe that's what you're most nervous for. If you're doing your first obstacle race, you might be used to running. You might be used to doing a hard task, hard cardio, but the obstacles are kind of freaky, you know, climbing over a wall, going under a fence, going through a net ladder. These kind of things are tough if you've never done them before. So I have four more things here that are going to really help. They're really going to help these obstacle part. Number one, so I guess number four of my total list would be to get better at pull-ups. That was one of my tips. I replied to this question on Facebook. Get better at pull-ups because a lot of the obstacles, you're going to be hoisting your own body weight. This kind of goes along with number one where I said to increase your relative strength. Pull-ups are a great test of relative strength. If you can do you know, eight to 12 pull-ups or more, you have good relative strength. You're strong. You can move your body weight through space. As that number increases, you're just getting stronger for how much your body weighs. There's no way to, there's no better way to see how strong you are relative to your body weight than trying to move your body through space. And that's what pull-ups do. If you can only do a couple pull-ups or no pull-ups, you need to get to the point through losing body fat and practicing pull-ups that you can do more of these. And I'll do an episode about increasing pull-up numbers later, but just for now, no, that's definitely a skill you need. It translates very, very well over to obstacle racing and over to those obstacles where you're moving your body through space. Also, it's testing your relative strength. My next tip is very similar to pull-ups, so just like the other ones, it's building on itself. It's that you can handle your body weight, so this is just a more of a general recommendation added on to the pull-up recommendation. So yes, you should get better at pull-ups. You need to get relatively strong, moving your body through space, but in all ways, you need to do this, okay? You need to be able to handle your body weight, and if you can't handle your body weight, you probably need to lose some body fat or you need to get stronger, and you can test this out get your body fat percentage tested, see if you're in a healthy range. If you're in a healthy range, any extra fat you lose will help, but you might just need to get stronger if you can't handle your body weight well. Master your body weight before you can, before you get into moving other kind of weights and doing things like obstacles. So this could be basic body weight exercise like push-ups, burpees, pull-ups, inverted rows, single leg exercises, lunges, these kind of things. These will all test how well you can handle your body weight. It's not all about strength though. It's not all about being able to do push-ups, not about being able to do 50 push-ups. It's about being able to coordinate with your body. So coordination in your body, this could be accomplished by doing things like obstacles, just practicing them. It could be just playing sports maybe so you're handling your body maybe you're doing some exercises like clap push-ups for example require a lot of coordination you're just increasing the awareness of your body you're increasing your balance coordination and awareness these things are really important for something like an obstacle race because you're going to have to know where your body is in space and how to handle it because a lot of times it's going to be in a weird position you're not used to That's why you need to be able to handle your body weight. Relative strength is important. Be sure you have complete control over that strength as well. 
All right, tip number six is mobility. This one's very important. This is one of my other ones I listed on the Facebook post with the question. This mobility is very important, and I think it's probably overlooked for a lot of people doing their first obstacle race or getting into obstacle racing. I the first the basically the two mobility areas I'd recommend improving would be hip mobility, so squat mobility and shoulder mobility in extension. So that would mean if you put your arm down to your side, move your hand back, you know, how far can you get your hand up behind you? If it's not very far, if you can't rotate your shoulder um, internally and externally. So if you put your, if you put your shoulder, your elbow at 90 degrees, so you're kind of in a T and your hands out in front of you. If you try to rotate your arm into external rotation can you get it so you look like a w or is it hard to rotate your arm so these are different mobility tests for the hips maybe it's just doing a simple squat can you squat down like a baby so your feet are flat on the ground your you have your heels on the ground you're not on your toes but you're basically resting your butt on your legs so you're completely squatted down in that position you can hold that there you know for minutes on minutes just sitting in that position can you do that or is that really hard are you pretty tight so you can only squat down 90 degrees or less these are things you need to address if you're getting into obstacle racing for the obstacles themselves you're going to be bending under things you're going to be squatting down you're going to be moving your arms in all directions these are very strange movements for your body unless you have practiced them a lot. So these are movements that you're going to have to be mobile for, not only flexible. I don't use the word flexible. I use the word mobile because the difference to me is that mobility means you're strong in those ranges of motion. Flexibility means you can get in those ranges of motion. So flexibility, touching your palms to the ground, for example, and a hamstring stretch Yes, you're flexible, but are you strong in that position? Whereas mobility, if you can get in that deep, deep squat, maybe you could increase the weight you can squat getting that low, and that's going to increase your strength in those new positions. It's going to increase your overall strength. Mobility is super important for obstacles because you don't want to get hurt, right? Getting hurt would be definitely the quickest end of the race and would really prohibit you from doing other races in the future. I guess. So that's why mobility is important as well. It's going to protect you. You're not going to be pulling muscles. You're not going to be worried about getting into the positions. You're not going to be hurting your back, trying to bend under something because you can't get into that position. Get mobile. Don't overlook this. This is one of the most important things you can do. And as always, losing body fat will help. So if you get a lower body fat, you'll become a little bit more mobile because there won't be stuff in between you and your mobility, your range of motion. But I do recommend working on your mobility. So a few exercises, just a couple simple ones would be just sit in that squat position for your hip mobility. There's a lot of good hip stretches, uh, which maybe I can show you guys on the YouTube channel. A lot of good hip stretches, but a great one is just to sit in the squat position. If you can't get in there yourself, maybe hold a dumbbell or kettlebell out in front of you um, on your chest, squat down and just hold that position for a couple minutes. No better stretch than that. And then for your shoulders, things like shoulder, uh, they're called dislocations. So you're holding a stick or you're holding a band uh, with your little bit wider than the shoulder width out in front of you. 
go over your head and then your shoulders are behind you. So you're going in front of you, behind you, in front of you, behind you. That's what like a dislocation is. Great exercise for shoulder mobility and just getting in different positions. Don't overlook this. Shoulder mobility and squat mobility is super important. You got to have the mobility so you don't get hurt and so you can move through those obstacles effectively. My last tip to wrap things up is a great one to wrap them up and it's to practice. Okay, so if you're doing your first obstacle race, you might be nervous about the obstacles, you might be nervous about the running. If you're nervous about them, practice them, okay? So set up your own obstacles, see what kind of movements you're gonna be doing and mimic those. If you're gonna be ducking under stuff, maybe you just need to set a bar and start ducking under it just to get used to that movement, create some muscle memory. If it's the running you're nervous about, maybe you need to practice some intervals, running up to a pull-up bar, doing some pull-ups, running away from it, doing some push-ups, running towards it, doing some pull-ups. These are different things that are going to help your body get used to those kind of movements and those patterns. Your body definitely adapts in the first week or two. I see this all the time training people where it's going to be really awkward doing the movements and exercises the first couple weeks, and then they definitely get way better at them because of neuromuscular improvements so that is my last tip is to practice and this alone will help you get way better at obstacles way better at the actual races if you implement these tips you will be definitely prepared for your first obstacle race and you'll definitely be prepared to improve your time in these races give these a shot let me know how it goes if you like this episode go leave a comment on fitness on triplefpodcast.com you can ask questions there as well if you want an episode like this to answer your question thank you everyone for listening i'm jordan stoltz your host i'll see you all on friday for foodie friday this is the fitness food and freedom podcast this has been a workout wednesday Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.